on this week's episode of Marketing O'Clock. Twitter is testing a new ad format with potential, but we don't really, guaca, know lay how it works. Google Ads rolls out continuous mobile search results. They should call it ambiguous mobile search results for advertisers because they have no idea where their ads can show. Facebook is hiring 10,000 workers to build something literally no one wants or needs. Or will own. All on today's show. <laughs> you know what time it is. It's officially Marketing O'Clock. We bring you all the digital marketing news of the week, powered by the digital marketing community. If you want to join the conversation, hit us up. We are at Marketing O'Clock everywhere, and you can join our community on Discord at community.marketingoclock.com. We record every week from the Cypress North Studios in beautiful Buffalo, New York, to bring you our famous Friday news show. You can subscribe to our show at youtube.marketingoclock.com or wherever you consume your podcast. Head over to marketingoclock.com slash newsletter to receive every article we cover straight to your inbox. Hey there, I'm Christine Zernhel. AKA Shep. I'm Jess Budd. And I'm Greg Finn. And it is officially Marketing O'Clock. Here on October 22nd, 2021. Hello everybody. Welcome to another fabulous show. Jessica Budd, I'm just loving your vegan leather ensemble today. You'll have to watch this on YouTube to see it. Thank What's you. new in your world? Um, went to Target this week and there was a very long line and I had a Nancy child. So <laughs> we left the husband in the store to check out and I brought little Jack man out, put him in his car seat. We were like hanging out of the car, talking about life, sitting in the parking lot. And he looks up at like the traffic light, not the traffic light, the parking light, light, the big tall things, right? And it had those things on the top to keep birds from sitting there. Do you guys know what I'm talking no. about? Yes. Those Spikes. Are things. Spikes, okay. yeah. And he's like, what's on the light? And I'm like, oh, you know, they're spike thingies to keep the birds from sitting there. He's like, why? I'm like, so they don't poop on there. And this child, I kid you not, farts, looks me in the eye and says, I poop with birds. <laughs> wow. And I was like, okay. <laughs> we wow. should come to Target more often. We're just learning about the world. That's hilarious. It was a moment. I had the same problem at my house, but I didn't know about the spike. So I've had an instant coffee container on this light on the back of my house for like a year. Oh. <laughs> what is that? Because do? they don't build the nest because it's in their way. Oh, that makes sense. But your neighbors love that. <laughs> love it. Oh, really probably. good. They send rats into my yard, so I'm not worried about it. <laughs> Caleb, what's new with you? So every year I get like a pumpkin to put wherever I'm living, like, you know, in front of the door, or on the desk, wherever. Spooky season. Yeah, right. It's fall. We need pumpkins. And this year I didn't feel like doing it. So I told my girlfriend, go to the store, find a good pumpkin or go wherever you get pumpkins. I get back uh, yesterday. I get to the house and there's a green pumpkin. It's not orange. It's not yellow. It's just green. It's dark green. And I'm like, I'm supposed to put this in front of the door. So now we're stuck with a green pumpkin and everything else is like all the other fall direction. Is uh, it moldy? No, it's just, it's naturally green. I'll it's send a picture. like a squash, right? No, it's a pumpkin. <laughs> it's just a green pumpkin. It's it, got to be some kind of other gore. It's no, a squash. It looks completely like a pumpkin. I'll throw a picture up on for YouTube. What was the rationale behind purchasing the green pumpkin? I don't know. I, I still got to get to the bottom of it. It's like every year it's an orange pumpkin and this year it's a green pumpkin. Maybe so I'm it was really on like, sale. Okay, well, I brought a little prop today because I was unable to join PPC chat on Tuesday, unfortunately, but I guess it was a good day for me to miss because people just woke up in the morning and Julie asked like, if anyone had an unpopular opinion because I guess Amalia Fowler has an unpopular opinion that she doesn't like pizza. Hmm. Whatever, whatever floats your boat. 
But a bunch of people in PPC chat just woke up in the morning, decided to hate Taylor Swift. It was completely <laughs> unwarranted. This was started by Sean Alley at SLE2314. 23133 was taken. <laughs> he said Taylor Swift hasn't produced anything good since she dropped country and went pop and then melissa Mackey agreed and then julie agreed at the end and dm me she was like i hope we can still be friends i said it was <laughs> we can still be friends more taylor for me but i have brought my special religious artifact candle of taylor swift and unfortunately um we couldn't find a lighter in the entire <laughs> office <laughs> so it's just sitting here unlit but i just want taylor to know that like the ppc community at large we don't not support you, okay? I this is a Taylor Swift fan <laughs> podcast. Do but we, we do we also don't not not support you, if you know what I mean. <laughs> we support her. She's there. I'm giving a voice to the voiceless. In that Taylor sentence, Swift voice. She got a voice. <laughs> In that sentence about the PPC community, the we is doing a lot of work. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> PPC Greg, I think, agrees with me because he said this is absurd. He's just sucking up for your vote. I know. I, what I will say that is a wild. It's working, take. PPC Greg. It's working. <laughs> okay. Speaking of PPC, we made a mistake. We have to apologize. We sent out when we had the giveaway with the PPC pack and SEO pack of stickers. We sent a bunch of people the wrong stickers. So to correct the problem, we have resent everyone in the U.S. who got the sticker pack. If you're international, you should have the right one. We've just resent you both packs. Okay, I don't care if you're PPC. I don't care if you're SEO. More for you. Share them with a friend. And when you do share them with a friend, have them tag us. And please, it helps us so much. If you are watching on YouTube, please like this video. Please subscribe. Subscribe wherever you're listening to podcasts. Leave us a review. We're sorry about the stickers, but we're really doing our best here to bring you a quality show. True. We're trying, Jennifer. <laughs> but really, it really helps. So getting into the news this week, Google is rolling out continuous scroll on mobile. Don't call it infinite scroll. Don't even think about it. From Perry's article for Search Engine Land, quote, as you scroll, Google will not show you the more results button when you reach the bottom of the page. Instead, Google will just load the next page of results automatically. Oh, cool. Like infinite scroll. It's not infinite scroll. Oh. Okay. Let's keep going. My bad. Because I don't know if what Barry said is right. So then there's this whole conversation about what does this mean for ads? They'll have to change their definitions of bid estimates because you can bid to the top of the page or you can bid to first page. Um, target impression share. All the definitions are also based on the term page, first page, whatever. So this is really making things a little confusing. So Ben Goldman at Ben Goldman 33 said um, he tagged Carolyn Leiden from search engine land regarding your post on the mobile scroll update you mentioned now text ads can show at the top of the second page and beyond but if there is infinite scroll how is the second page being defined for ads to potentially show so there is some conversation about this carolyn said this is a great question for Ginny, our ads liaison i assumed it means the second page after clicking see more which shows after four pages worth of results in continuous scroll so there is a show more button hmm. and i've seen it because we were going through this in our meeting and people were like i don't think this is rolled out yet i see the show more button but it's still there after four pages it's not infinite scroll um so Ginny replied and said that page Carolyn shared has helpful information for advertisers. And the page she's talking about says we're redistributing the number of text ads that can show between the top and bottom of the pages for U.S. English mobile queries. 
Now text ads can show at the top of the second page and beyond, while fewer text ads will show at the bottom of each page. There is no change to how shopping and local ads can show. I just prepared for this before the show and I really have so many more questions after reading that so I need to DM Jenny because I feel like they're really not being clear about what this means. There's still a see more button. There's still a second page. They've just made the first page four pages, right? Yes. So I don't really get it where typically you'd have a page of roughly 10 results. You get to the next page and there'd be ads again at the top. So are the ads being then worked into organic with the same ad unit throughout, like again, you see 10 organic results, everything's still on one page. Is there an ad after the 10 and then 10 more results? Like, how does that work? I don't know. I need to ask Jenny because it's very confusing. But don't call it continuous is what I understood. Jenny says that. I think overall it's going to be better for paid advertisers. I do too. And honestly, better for organic search. I think the more results you get people, people, it'll be easier to surface information you're looking for, even if it's not like the, the, you know, giant in the vertical specifically. Yeah. And especially as like more things are pulling into the search results, like more quick answers and rich results. Um, I think it's going to be better to have more links without clicking. It really reminds me of this new Kindle um, feature, I guess, product that I'm really loving. It's a clicker for your Kindle. So you can protect your precious wrists. You don't have to hold it and click with your right hand. You can have your hand down here and click. You could just have your Kindle like propped up in front of you. That is so late. That might be the laziest thing I've ever yeah. had. I'm buying one. You're already laying down. Right? Wait, so you don't have to switch pages manually. You just press a button. It's the way of future. Everything in Google is just pulling right into the search results. We're not clicking anymore, okay? Nobody's clicking their Kindles to turn the page. You know what you should get? Google Glass. Just read it without, just use your eye movement to read it. There you go. I don't want to wear glasses. Oh, right. Use us. <laughs> and then Luke Chapman had a great um, little quip on this in our Discord community when he shared the news with Discord. He said, now every offshore agency technically won't be lying when they send you an unsolicited email saying they'll get you on the first page of search results. <laughs> Always on the first page if there is only one never-ending page. It's very optimistic. Tell your clients, congrats, you're on the first page. And if you want to join us in Discord, you can at community.marketingoclock.com. And Luke, it's not never-ending. It's continuous. Yes. What else is happening this week? All right. This week, I'm just going to read the title of this writer's news piece. Facebook plans to hire 10,000 in the EU to build the metaverse. No. <laughs> <laughs> so apparently, over the next five years... Facebook has said they're going to be building the so-called metaverse, which they describe as an online world where people can use different devices to move and communicate in a virtual environment. It has already committed $50 million for building the metaverse and is testing a new remote work app where if you have an Oculus Quest 2 headset, you can hold meetings as an avatar version of themselves. I immediately thought, I'm back to watching sports are back yep. here in the U.S., and that means commercials are back. This is the only time I ever see commercials is on sports is back. When I saw this commercial with Billy Lish um, <laughs> using an um, Oculus. Oh, William. Billy Lish, yeah. <laughs> but you, if you've not seen this Oculus ad, <laughs> it is all these people in this big fancy ballroom. 
And I, at first I didn't know it was an Oculus ad and they're doing this cool dance. And I'm like, oh, cool. You're doing this cool dance. Like, and then I look and they have headsets over their heads. And I'm like, oh, you're doing this cool dance with like a hundred people in one room with like no visibility. Mm-hmm. And then the, the commercial goes on to show what the game looks like. And the game looks stupider than real life. And then they start kicking and swinging. And I'm like, you're in a room that you're blindfolded in and you're kicking and swinging. Like somebody's going to die. How, 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 why would anybody think that's okay to show that commercial? And then there's little warnings on it. Of course. It's like, these are actors do not attempt, but you're trying to sell it. And it's, it's funny. I've actually played that game before. It's like the, uh, the beat game or whatever it's called. And it's not that beautiful whatsoever. No, <laughs> like when you're nothing playing ever it. is. It's like a human in there. It's like, how you don't put a human? That's not how, that's not how the no, metaverse it's works. It's you're like not a human. standing there and you're like swinging, you know what I mean? And <laughs> yeah. like trying to get everybody. It's not going to be person. dancing. No, They're going to be like, no. it's like in 3D movies when people like reach. <laughs> no. I, yeah. That commercial should end and it should look like Squid Games. That's what it should look like by the time you put everybody in a room like that kicking and punching. I don't know what that means. But I don't understand why you didn't leave with how the commercial starts they all walk into the room and they look around at the physical room and they're in awe of it yeah they're it's an awesome room. physical it space. is a sick room and then they cover their eyes and then at one point i'm trying to figure out what to do the room starts shooting lasers out of it and there's clouds <laughs> like, this room is cool like this is cool this is a cool rave and then you're like no they're not here they're just kicking and punching here but they're in this metaverse it's not real it's them. It is so stupid. And I don't know who would buy an Oculus looking at and this And you're thing. launching this as the world is like, sports are back, opening back up. You can see people. Vaccines are here. And you're telling people to like get in a room together and put on a headset. I just. So stupid. No. No. And the whole point is you don't have to go to a room. You can play in your basement. <laughs> That's all. It's so. I hate that commercial. Every time I see it, it makes my blood boil. So go check yeah, it out. Yeah, tell, don't tell William. <laughs> go check it out. This over. is not a William Eilish podcast. <laughs> Willie Eilish? Apparently not. <laughs> but you can see that commercial over on at Mark and Clack on Twitter. We will tweet it out. So Nick Clegg, Facebook's vice president of global affairs, wrote that no one company will own and operate the metaverse. I mean, aren't well, you? Uh, aren't you? I'm trying to operate. I don't know about that. <laughs> like it's going to take collaboration and cooperation across companies, developers, creators, and policymakers. Um, is this a dystopian novel? Yeah, like yeah. you're you're paying ten thousand people to make and own and operate this. I get not one person. Maybe like these are being literal. Like not one person will own it because like there's multiple shareholders of Facebook. But whatever. That's so funny anyway, that they think it's going to get as far as policy. <laughs> you know, yeah, <laughs> you're right. That's cute. <laughs> All right, and in additional Facebook news this week, there was a big blockbuster announcement that with this new venture into the metaverse, Facebook will soon rebrand with a new name. What? Yes. So there were a couple names that PPC Greg had over on Twitter. He said, my money would be on Zucknut as a throwback to his <laughs> early days. But other ideas include Bookmarks, Zuckerbooks, and Placebook. Those are terrible. Placebook, like a, a, Look, you're going to a place. Since since we're coming up on this Greg of the Year vote, I've got a couple that I think I actually might hit. I, I have a feeling one of these is going to hit. Connect. Because they're all about like connections and things like that. Connect. Some sort of connect. Or they might start with a K and like a K, like K-O-N-N-E-K-T or something. Mm. Another one. I feel like he thinks he's like so smart and like so brainy. Something like Node. 
or like Atlas. What? What are you? No. I can see Node 100%. Because it's like Google. Yeah. Google People still call it Google, but the parent company is Alphabet. Right. And it Node doesn't make sense. the disease they get in Pitch Perfect. What is that? Wait, what? what? There's nodes. a disease in Pitch Perfect? <laughs> she loses her singing career because she gets nodes. Laryngitis. Oh, I think Taylor got that when she went from country to pop. Oh! Blasphemy! <laughs> so another one I had was Verse. Just Verse. V-E-R-S-E. Another one was be surf because he's like all in on surfing. And then <laughs> he you is could just, all in on surfing. It's a metaverse and, and we could just change the U to an E and it's still play. Mm. Um, it could be parse or grok. I think those are the real ones. Grok? Yeah. They own this domain grok. I looked up Why? all the domains. Uh, I don't know. Look at you. Yeah. Oh, so you kind of cheated. You didn't just come up oh, with these. But I got funny ones. No, I actually came up with those. Grok. How do, would you spell that? G-R-O-K. Ugh. So, so th- those are my those are mine for this year. <laughs> but here's here's the one that I think really could hit here. Like this, if I were him, this is what I'd do. I'd call it secure fun. <laughs> what? <laughs> or how about privacy gram? Privacy like, so you just, gram. Just put it in there. You know what I mean? No. Um, or maybe we can like bring back the 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 Facebook. Yeah, mm. I'll be with her. Well, so, so let's take it back a second. You're saying that when they changed their brand to just Facebook in all caps, that didn't work, and now they have to rebrand again. Yes, they have okay. to rebrand again. Okay, yes. just checking because Instagram by Facebook, Oculus by Facebook, Facebook by Facebook doesn't really play that well. Okay, so all right, another one. <laughs> it's the metaverse now. You're more than just a face. You're more than just a head. You're a body. You're out there kicking, flailing around. What about? Bad book. Ew, no. Bad book. Oh, no, 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 no. That's probably the Bad book. Kim Kardashian's book. <laughs> okay. Well, they, they could do another one like Google, Google does and just call it smart book. Like what they do with all the campaigns. Oh, no. <laughs> all right. And then lastly, this is my real one. Like books aren't a thing. Shep just confirmed that. Like, <laughs> they're not real anymore. Like why don't you do a little modern take on it? Face. Tablet. Face tab. You're joking. You think this, this is your real <laughs> That one? does not roll <laughs> off the tongue. Pretty face good. Face tab. I like Where's face tab. portal? <laughs> Why haven't you repurposed that? This is a portal. You're actually going somewhere else. All right. Well, that's it for me, bud. What do you got? <laughs> I don't have anything after that. My brain is broken. <laughs> you got to connect those nodes. Ah. <laughs> no. <laughs> okay. Back to reality. Next up from Bruce Falk, who is Twitter's revenue product lead. He's at Boo, B-O-O, on Twitter, which is a nice handle just in time for the holidays. He says, starting today, we are trying something different and testing a new ad format in tweet conversations. If you're part of this test, which is global on iOS and Android only, you will see ads after the first, third, or eighth reply under a tweet. And I know that this is just an example that he shared, but the example says there's a tweet that says, making my favorite guacamole recipe tonight. And then somebody says, ooh, what are you adding? Send pics. And then the ad is, love coffee? Download our app for our menu and specials. So just it doesn't inspire a lot of confidence in me. Like I don't, they don't really talk about what the targeting would be to get into these conversations, but that's just, that's just like out of the blue, not relevant. I do not pair guacamole with targeting. With with coffee, <laughs> you're not going to pair targeting. It with targeting, <laughs> targeting either. Isn't working this either. Is Twitter. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. So we'll see. And then there's a whole thread where Bruce talks some more about it's a big opportunity and they're going to do a lot of things. But first, they test. I just don't understand what they're testing because they don't really talk again about how these ads get there. So you can read 
more details. I just really don't understand. I just don't understand. I'm glad that they're testing something, but I want more information and I don't feel like I have it. And I'm not seeing the Truman show, but somebody replied and said it's like the scene where Truman is trying to have a serious conversation with his wife and she starts advertising hot cocoa. And again, I have not seen the film, but I know the premise and that it just seems that irrelevant to me. I feel like Jasper's Market would do a better job than this. I just don't understand. I want to be at a relevant point in a conversation with my ads, but I don't know how I'm going to get there with this. It gives me vibes of YouTube putting videos on people's channels and not allowing them to be in the partner program and not paying them for you. You're on like a specific conversation. Like people are looking at this one person's content. Yeah. And you're like capitalizing on it. Like I feel weird about it. The only similarity I see is the ad and the tweet both say recipe. Actually, that's not even true. It says menu in the ad. And I, I don't, I don't, I don't know. I guess we'll see if this test goes anywhere. They said they're testing different frequencies, layouts, contextually relevant ads, not a good example and different insertion points. But again, there's no, I didn't see like an announcement about this. It's all just this tweet thread. I would like to advertise my candle throughout the conversation <laughs> of people just putting Taylor Allison Swift on blast in PPC chat. And also, I would like to give Jill Fetcher a shout out for buying me this candle. I forgot to do that. <laughs> Thanks, Jill. Now it's time for this week's take of the week. This is a hashtag fire digital marketing take with extra spice served up just for you. We simply deliver the take for your consumption. We give no opinions. We don't influence. You make the call. All right. This week's take of the week. We've got a takeoff. And this comes on the heels of what Shep was talking about before. This week's PPC chat run by the one and only Julie Bacini at Neptune Moon on Twitter. And question five, she started stirring it. What's the whole the whole thing she was stirring it up? She 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 might have had some caffeine in that coffee during this yeah. PPC chat because she said on Q5, what is your secret PPC conspiracy theory? And take number one of the takeoff, where we pit each one of these takes against each other, and only one tweet can win. Was PPC Greg ever heard of him? On Twitter <laughs> at PPC Greg. He says, Google learned at the beginning of the pandemic that they could run a skeleton version of their support center and are going to keep it that way as a cost savings measure while implementing more and more automation when it comes to policy. That's take number one. Take number two from Gil Gildner at Gil Gildner on Twitter. He says, my conspiracy is that Google Ads grants exist to establish baseline bids for industries so no one pays under a few bucks per click. Ooh. All right, that's number two. Number three comes from Steve Hammer at Armand Hammer on Twitter. And he says, tinfoil hat time. Every last platform thinks of the advertising agency as a parasite taking their money. They will do anything to remove us from the equation. True tinfoil time. A lot of times with crap agencies, all we are is a leech. All right. And then number three is Sean Ellie at S-E-L-L-E-Y-2134 on Twitter. Oh, was the other one, was Taylor Swift hater taken? (laughs) John says, in the next three years, Google will create a small business agency. Their value prop will be to spend what you are currently spending on your agency on ad spend, and they will manage for free. All right. Are we voting? Yes. We've got PPC Greg with the Skeleton Crew Support Center. We've got Gil Gildner with the Google Ads Grants so that you're a few bucks per click. We've got Steve Hammer with 
agencies being a parasite and Sean Alley with Google making their own small business agency. No hate, Sean. I just can't vote for you for personal reasons. (laughs) I really like Steve Hammers. Jess? Steve and Sean are on the same line here, but I'm going to... I'm going to ship Shep here and go with Steve. All right. Well, Caleb? I got to go with Steve, too. All right. really good. It's a clean sweep. And Steve, you have one. All right. We got extra stickers. <laughs> so if you want stickers, DM, DM your address. And we've got a couple of shirts that are now like classic items. They're small and medium only. If you want one and you're in the U.S. only because it sucks to ship internationally, um, let us know in community.markingclock.com. We've got some smalls and mediums left. Now it's time for this week's ICYMI. This is something you just might not have seen. Maybe something that you overlooked, but you shouldn't have. ICYMI people from Julie F. Pacini at Neptune Moon on Twitter. Ever heard of her? She said, if you want insight into how Google Ads views your landing pages, it's worth setting up DSA campaigns. Um... And a lot of people were replying saying that this was a good point. Tim Jensen replied and said, agree. It tells you a lot about how search query matching works too. Julie said, I set up some last week to see what it would do just for specifically created PPC landing pages. And for all three campaigns, it can't serve, which is very odd because the content there tightly matches the keywords we are targeting in non-DSA ad groups. Which I think this is a really good idea. I've never tried it myself, but it would give you so much insight into like how the keyword matching works based on your landing pages. So I kind of want to give this a try. Yeah. And if you haven't tested DSAs in a while, they're a lot better than they used to be. It, well, except for this one account for Julie. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks, Julie. Now it's time for this week's pew, pew. lightning round. At this point in the show, we split up our content into three parts. Paid. Organic and social. First up in the paid universe this week, we have an article from the Google Developers blog. And the biggest news here is that someone at Google actually knows how to write an article. So this is a post from, as I said, the Google Developers blog, and it's about the new bowling automated disapproved ads remover. And it says, in light of the new policy that might cause account suspension, bowling is a mitigation tool allowing clients to act and remove disapproved ads before risking account suspension. That is the very first line of the thing. And that's really all you need to know. No. Oh, my God. Ad disapproval. Well, how are they going to complain about it? Because it's their own fault. But they could tell you the history. We're trying to make things easier for you. Blah, blah, blah. No, they just get right to the point. I love it. So this tool audits and offers the option to delete disapproved ads that may lead eventually to account suspension. Um, I see why my Google ads had that three strikes and you're out policy that was announced over the summer. It is going into effect in October. So temporary account holds will be applied to the first and second ad policy violations while the third strike will cause an account suspension so you can put this in audit mode or review mode if it's in audit mode it's just going to remove the ads if they have policy violations so you won't get shut down or it can alert you if they have them in review mode sounds to me it's more like blocktober am i right (laughs) (laughs) don't you hate everybody turning into like october like you know all those things. Rocktober. Like Rocktober. Rocktober. <laughs> no. Actually, we did Rocktober in ballet class growing up. We get to listen to rock music at the bar. It was fun. Oh, I think I saw a commercial for that on uh, Oculus. That? 
Sam had a lot of thoughts on Rand Fishman's article from last week, and it was too much to fit in the three-minute voicemail he left us, so he also tweeted about it from his at Digital Sam I Am account on Twitter. He says, who boy? And I've been watching a lot of Mickey Mouse Clubhouse, so I read it as, who boy? <laughs> Speaking of which, that is the worst show on, on TV. You think? What is the Whoa. name of this stupid machine? Well, I just don't machine? get a lot of the references. Like, why are they so obsessed with hot dogs? Like, I don't get where it comes from. It's yeah, hot diggity dog. I, I it's, not hot it's a great song. No, though. but you today they. Say it's not. What are you Mickey had about? some puzzle. I can't believe you don't watch us. It's no. totally oh, up Jack's alley. Hot dog. I would hot think dog, you would like it because they're like using tools. You always like, like the educational program. <laughs> the mouse Candyman Hound uses tools. <laughs> My wife banned it from, from, from the house <laughs> because of how dumb they made Minnie look. Minnie What's just. What's wrong with her? She just walks around high heels in a bow and can never figure anything out. Yeah, that's very oh, true. Do you I notice, didn't notice that? that. No. She didn't do anything. She can't fix anything. Anything. And my wife's like, we're not Rude. watching this anymore. It's crazy. So. You got to admit the mouse tool is pretty cool. No, I hate no the but mouse. it's also like, the little that pink is, thing. Sorry. Why yeah, yeah, is yeah, the that's, tool that's thing a... like a flying head? It. It's just, it doesn't make sense. Get with the times. It's very popular, it's though. No. Not in my house. Okay, so anyway, who boy, not Mickey. <laughs> I think the line of attack... Oh, sorry. This is about Rand Fishman's article about is uh, performance advertising a scam? If you missed Greg's rant on it last week, you need to go check it out on last week's episode. And I like the name Fishman, too. It reminds me of like <laughs> Did the I deep. say Fishman? Yes. Twice. Yeah. Oh, no, I didn't. <laughs> you ever seen Fishkin. the boys in like the Fish deep boy. where it's like, yep, yep. Exactly. like Fishman? Fishboy. I, like I can't talk. I can't imagine the things I say. Okay. <laughs> Rand Fishkin. Look it up wherever you're watching this. So... Sam says, I think the line of attack is wrong. The better question, in my opinion, is what is what is performance getting right? Performance advertising getting right that drives executives to invest hand over fist in it. Answer. It's the first marketing subdiscipline that's taken financial accountability seriously. He has a whole thread. I'll give you some highlights. I'm so sick of marketers tearing down one another versus trying to learn and lift. Is it perfect? Heck no. Don't believe me, I said heck. But if PR or content SEO wants to be taken seriously at the big people table, then you need to be accountable for financial metrics. So I thought that was another really good point. Um, this was too late for our little rant on rant article, our clip last week. Well, we, ta we talked about it too. Yeah. It's like things are hard, like emails, hard to track, organics. Hard. It's not, that's not hard to track. You literally can track all of those things and you can put whatever UTMs on your email. It's all the same. Like, it's all the same. I don't know what that argument was. And I'm with Sam. Thanks, Sam. Oh, what was that? It's time for... No, it's not time for Barry Charts with Greg. <laughs> <laughs> but this person, Patrick McGee, has a chart of the day. Do you approve? Cease and desist, Patrick McGee. <laughs> it's, a, it's a very nice chart. Get our lawyers on the blower. I don't have any. <laughs> Do you? Caleb, get your lawyers. I'm going to have blower. to play the song twice now. This is ridiculous. <laughs> we'll have to ask Barry what he thinks of this chart. So Patrick McGee's chart of the day is from Apple. Apple advertising's business has more than tripled its market share in the six months after it introduced privacy changes to iPhones that obstructed rivals, including Facebook and Google, from targeting ads at consumers. He has a whole thread, again, some highlights. Search ads now drive 58% of all iOS app installations that can be tied back to paid ads. What has made search ads suddenly attractive is not any new feature, but the fact that Apple has rendered the rest of the ad industry blind in the iOS universe. I mean, that's probably a coincidence, right? I don't know about that. <laughs> so big rise in... Um, <laughs> 
you're not watching on YouTube, Greg thinks he's really funny. <laughs> you're just campaigning against his chart. Anyway, um, app search ads are really on the rise. And now there's rumors about the search engine coming. So they're just really coming for all the advertisers. And Microsoft is piloting a new integration with Microsoft Ads and Microsoft Clarity. This new experience will help you better understand post-click user behavior and engagement on your landing pages with session recordings, heat maps, and analytic dashboards. This transition is going to be really simple. It's powered by existing JavaScript in your UET tags that you have placed across your site if you're using conversion tracking. Um, Matt Southern also says in this article that most existing UET tags will be updated to the new combined system in November. I'm so excited about this. Yeah, that's awesome. So we'll get to see, yeah, we'll get to see all the rage clicks. No, it's November. <laughs> <laughs> Can we make it? November? <laughs> like if it's not doing well, you're Whoa. in your woes. <laughs> <laughs> and Steve... Plimmer has a real doozy here. So he says, thanks, Google Performance Planner, but I think I'll pass on this budget recommendation. Here's a screenshot. <laughs> Set, this is a recommendation, okay? <laughs> Set target CPA to $82.04. Change daily budget from $1,000 to $1 one hundred and twelve billion four hundred and sixty one million nine hundred and sixty two thousand four hundred and twenty two dollars or higher. <laughs> I like they put the or higher in there. That is not a budget. That is your mom's credit card number that you had memorized. <laughs> that is insane. Okay, so I wasn't even trusting myself reading a number this big, so I tried to like put it into the Google search bar and say like, how do you say this? Just to check my work. Like, how shameful is that? But the first um, result was how to pronounce chuggy. Oh, <laughs> it's, like, it's probably based on our search history around here. <laughs> <laughs> then the second result was this YouTube clip from this guy, how to say big numbers. <laughs> And he's he's like so slow about it. Like you just want to hear how we pronounce it. And he's like, numbers are really big in the English language, but you don't have to worry about it. Like it reads like a Google article. Then he like reads the whole thing really slow. It's You guys have to watch it. It's hilarious. And then he says, you're never going to have to know anything bigger than a trillion. And I feel like Google Ads is just going to be like, hold my beer. Yeah. Like, well, yeah, that's a trillion, 111, 12 billion. Like, that's or higher. A trillion. Insane. I really wish there was like cents on the dollar for it. That would just have made it so much more fun for me. But you ran out of characters. And on a serious note, this is a suggested change. That you could probably change with a click on learning. Like imagine you're playing that game or whatever, you hit apply all, and all of a sudden your budget goes from one thousand dollars to one point one trillion. I just feel like your bank explodes. I mean, let's give them the benefit of that. I don't think I don't think this machine learning is gonna be that bad. I don't know, it's like, like at least it's not life threatening. What? What? What are you talking about? Like this is life threatening. Is That's Google everything worth a trillion dollars? Probably. Yeah, I don't. They know. are. The ups, but budget. like that, is, nobody else is. That's insane. <laughs> Daily. I think. I think it's Larry Page just trying to like get over on Zuckerberg's net worth. He's just like, oh, well, let's slip this in there. Maybe somebody will hit it. Can you imagine like getting an email, a push notification from your credit card company, like suspicious activity on your account? 
Google Ads automated recommendations <sighs> raised your budget to a trillion dollars. <laughs> but we're the parasite, remember. <laughs> yeah. And finally, in paid, Google Ads sent out a timeline for how the optimized targeting rollout is going to work for display campaigns. I believe this is from the desk of uh, Greg Finn, but I'm not sure. Yes. So it says, dear Google Ads advertiser. <laughs> Starting in January 22, standard display campaigns using targeting expansion will be updated to use optimized targeting. If you don't want these campaigns to use optimizing optimized targeting, turn off targeting expansion in these campaigns before January. In the future release of Google Ads and Google Ads Editor APIs, you'll be able to add optimized targeting to your campaigns just like you would when creating the campaign directly in Google Ads. So it sounds like you're not going to be able to do that right away in editor, but you will be in the future. But of course, they had a bunch of fluff at the beginning that I didn't bore you with. That's it for paid. What's happening in organic? Well, this week in organic, Microsoft has announced Index Now. And Microsoft teamed up with actually a few other folks like Yandex. And um, you can basically notify search engines whenever the website content is created, updated, or deleted. It uses an API and it basically notifies the search engines. So it's pretty cool. Um, you can There's a bunch of different uh, items that support index now, and you can see it in the Microsoft official post there. And Glenn Gabe, at Glenn Gabe on Twitter said that Cloudflare also just announced it supports index now. You can enable crawler hints on your website with a simple click of a button. Cloudflare will take care of signaling to these search engines when your content has changed via the Index Now protocol. So that's cool. A lot of sites use uh, Cloudflare and you can easily get this going on um, if you want. And then I saw a tweet out there from Shukathan Modasadan at S-U-G-A-N-T-H-A-N-M-N on Twitter. And Shukathan said, come on, Google search HC and at Google, this is a no-brainer, and quote tweeted the announcement about it's awesome to work with Bing, Yandex, and Baidu to make the web more efficient. And so then John Mueller, one of the Google guys on the Search on the Record podcast, he said, winky face, we too would like to be crawled less often. In a sense, deleted the tweets. <gasps> wow. But we have the receipts, and you'll see them on YouTube. Them's fighting uh, words. Throwing a little shade at Baidu Bing and Yandex there. So anyway, can't hurt anything, but it's, it's again, it's not going to be a huge needle mover there, I don't think. Unless you have a huge site and you get a lot of traffic from Bing, then absolutely set it up. All right, next up from Jennifer Slag over on the SEM post, there's a new Google Quality Rater guidelines out there, and it's a huge re revamp according to Jennifer Slag of what Google considers to be the lowest quality page. And so they enhance a lot of the examples and give more details to the section. And Jennifer has this table of contents where she breaks down every single thing that's changed from the last Raider's Guide to now. And she goes through, literally, it's... That's a lot. 34 yeah. different changes, like 34 chapters of chronicling all the different changes that happened. This looks like a Wikipedia page for like... <laughs> Someone in British Parliament or something. Yeah. With like a lot of indiscretions <laughs> yeah. and personal scandals. Like this is how the, the royals get their name. <laughs> um, but yeah, so check it out if you want to see everything she breaks it down. There's no better, there's no better source than this over on the SEMpost.com. 
And next up from Barry Schwartz, there is apparently a test in the wild where Google is asking, would you want to see the results? And I'll just read it verbatim. I think it was Eli Schwartz that had gone through the survey. At least he found it. And question eight of eight says, you chose this option. Results show no ads at all. How interested would you be in paying a reasonable price for a search service with that feature? So it was just a Google opinion reward. And it doesn't mean it's Google asking that, but it doesn't not mean that it's Google asking that. And so apparently they're testing to see who would like what the market is to pay for an ad free search engine. Would it also be, <laughs> I feel like people care more about like protecting their data than just not seeing ads. Yeah, right. And I, I think again, with these opinion pieces, like there, there may be disconnect between um, who's running the opinion team and who's running the search team. And it might be somebody out there like brave. Who's asking like, hey, would you do this or Neva or next, whatever, Duck, duck, go, new thing coming out. And the word reasonable here is working as hard as like the word we earlier. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Or the word what significant is, with yeah. our search terms. I mean, what is reasonable? Yeah, it, it's breaking a, a real sweat there. All right. And then keeping it over on Search Engine Roundtable, Google has talked has talked about Google centerpiece annotation. And this is from Martin Split, the one of the Google guys over on Search on the Record. And he talks about what the definition is for a primary content on a page or site. And you can read it all. You can watch the video. It's 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 like a hub in the hub and spoke. And that's basically it. Um, and then next up, this I love this tweet. I saw this and this just made me smile. I absolutely loved it. From Danny Sullivan on his at search liaison Twitter handle, he says, this is an alert about Google Alerts, period. We've identified an issue that's preventing Google Alerts from operating properly, period. Our apologies, period. We're working to resolve the issue quickly, period. And it's just like, it's unbelievable. And I got some weird alert that was like marketing clock and had nothing to do with marketing clock. Um, so maybe that was it. I don't know exactly what it was. But then I saw Shugenthin again put an awesome tweet out where he just had the exhibit <laughs> meme and he just quote tweeted it with uh, um, the exhibit meme there. So that's one of my favorites um, out there. All right. Next up, Google Chrome 95 is available and it includes improved secure payments. Web apps can be default apps a color eyedropper tool for web apps, and you can save tab groups, which is pretty cool as well. And then I saw a tweet from at soft on Twitter, soft Linden. I guess he is like one of the second life people out there. What is that? I don't know. It's like where you have that virtual world, like Billy Elish Billy, out there. Yeah. yeah. Um, I but, don't know if I like that name. I like at soft. <laughs> anyway. I like that a lot. Soft says the Google search summary versus the actual page. And the search summary says, had a seizure. Now what? And remember, we're on Google. This is the, the quick result, the, the quick answer there. Hold the person down or try to stop their movements. Put something in the person's mouth. This can cause tooth or jaw injuries. Administer CPR or other mouth-to-mouth breathing during the seizure. Their machine learning scraped this from the page and answered it and answered it on an assistant on any of the Google devices. That is so bad. That's very bad. The actual, when someone's having a seizure, you have to act like then. The actual page says, do not hold the person down, put something in the mouth, administer CPR, or give the person food or water. So 
This is an example of machine learning that's so bad. being literally life-threatening. Oh, that's why you said that earlier. This is bad. This is, this really is very bad. bad. This is terrible. This is very bad. Because like you said, Shep, you need advice in the moment. Yeah. You're going to do what it tells well. Call nine one one. You don't have time to click, just Call like I don't have time to click on my Kindle. Yeah, and you're 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 out there, right? And you're using your assistant, and you're trying to get literal life saving information, and it is telling you the thing that will kill somebody. This is like why is- they hype up assistants is like a situation like this, like how nice that you could just call out and get advice, and they're no. giving you bad advice. No, well, this, you know what's going to happen with this? Absolutely nothing. Nothing is going to happen. Nothing is going to change. Google doesn't care. Nobody over there gives a heck about anything. What should happen is anything in a health vertical, anything in any of your your money, your life stuff that you penalize webmasters for and you make such a big stink about, you're not going to do anything about it. You're going to keep using your crap machine learning that many times gets it right, but in the 1% of times it gets it wrong, you're going to kill people and you're not going to do anything about it because it's easier to do the automation and think of everything else and all these websites like parasites and keep people on the page, keep them scrolling down. Nothing is going to happen from this and people, except the fact that people are going to die because you think it's easier to keep people on your site and you'll make more money than sending them over to healthcare.utah.edu and you're wrong. You're wrong and it's bad and I feel terrible about it. But Google doesn't care. Google's not, they're not going to put a statement out. They're not going to say anything. Nothing will happen from this. It's so bad. It's not even like there's not even an article about it. It's a tweet you found. Danny said, thank you. We'll look into it. To be, to somebody tag Danny and on his at Danny Sullivan account, which I'm sure everybody follows. Danny said, we're going to look into it. (laughs) If they don't follow, search the case on. Okay, Greg. All right. So next up, and I'm sure to hack this up news, I'm just going to read this. Artists on Spotify can now connect their Shopify (laughs) store to show off their sweetest merch and hottest drops right on their Spotify profile. Am I dreaming? This is like... There's a lot of advice We have been interchanging these words for years. I feel like I'm getting... This is where you know it's a simulation. This isn't real. Like I'm in the Matrix. I'm unplugging the thing in the back of my head. It's unbelievable. You read it right though. You're better than Google. And the thing I liked is... Shopify had fun with it. They said, no, we're not calling it Shopify. <laughs> we're sorry, or you're welcome. I was just going to say, the how best are you not word even going to lean into the joke? <laughs> so they did, and I appreciate it. Um, and you can check it out. There's, there's a whole post on it if you want. Caleb's story. <laughs> <laughs> this is a good word. All right. And this is a article over on Search Engine Roundtable from Barry Schwartz. And the name of the article is SEMrush. Google search algorithm updates are more extreme this year. And Barry goes on to write, by how much are the Google search results volatile this year than previous years? Well, according to SEMrush data, 68% more volatile on the desktop results and 84% more volatile on the mobile results than the previous year. That is a lot, comma, a lot. And there was some information that came over from Morty Oberstein. I believe he has SEO Rant podcasts out there. And Morty says, well, Barry says, Morty posted a lot of charts and data on Twitter from the SEM Rush, aka Summer Rush data set to show it. You know what that is. Is it time? It's time for Barry's Charts with Greg. 
Caleb, right. I'd like to make a petition to start bleeping the word chart. <laughs> <laughs> People love it. I can't tell you enough. And these charts, they're all from one company. So they're all a little bit similar. But one of them just stood out to me. And Morty's a funny guy. And I think he's just trolling Barry with this chart. It's the volatility level breakdown. It's got a nice group of hues. And I think he made one of the charts look like a hand flicking everybody off. Yeah. So that's my chart. The volatility level breakdown. Six plus months on desktop chart. That's the winner. And if you want more information without all the jokes and nonsense, check out Barry's weekly Friday episodes on YouTube. He does all the news without without the nonsense. So thanks, Barry. And this has been Barry's Charts with Greg, an audio program about visual charts. <laughs> we need a jingle for the, for the outro, no, too. No, that's perfect. All right, next up from The Verge, Brave Browser replaces Google with his own search engine. Who cares? You're using Brave. It's not that much. You're pretty brave. <laughs> all right, and from Bloomberg, Google has quietly tweaked image search for racially diverse results. And this is pretty awesome. Kudos to Google, even though we just I just hacked all over them there. They said, we've started to roll out an improvement to Google Images to promote greater skin tone diversity so more people can find relevant and helpful results, a Google spokeswoman said in a statement. We're in the early phases of this effort and are continuing to experiment to provide greater diversity in results. Seemed like she just said the same thing twice, but good on you, Google, for that. And then over on the Moe's blog, on Moe's.com, there's an article from Pete Myers, Dr. Pete, and he has takes a look at indented results and if they're replacing site links or not. So if you're interested in that, go check it out on Moe's. And then from 9 to 5, Google, there is free YouTube music tier is going audio only. And I'm just going to recap it because YouTube is going crazy with what you can do here or there. So if you want to play a YouTube video in the background... Don't use YouTube proper. You have to play the audio by using YouTube music. That's a coming feature. So if you want to play it in the background with YouTube proper, you have to use a higher supported tier. Um, and it was whatever. And then if you want to watch a music video, you won't be able to use YouTube music anymore unless you have YouTube premium or music premium. So you have to use YouTube proper. Unless you want to play it in the background, then you can't do video and you have to go back to the video-free YouTube music. This is the That's dumbest absurd. thing on the planet. The real answer is, if you want music, just use your Popify. I know, seriously. <laughs> <laughs> It'll be easier to find. All right. And rounding out here, there used to be something on Twitter called Google Web Creators and there was that Paul fella with the purple background. Are they just... I don't know if they got rid of them or whatever, but they changed it and now it's called Google for Creators. And it's like this whimsical little thing. You can do these quizzes and be like, what are you trying to do? It was hot garbage, but it's at Google Creators on Twitter if you want. They just change it from Web Creators. So we'll see what happens. All right, what's up in social, bud? You got any happy news over there? Not to start with. <laughs> First up, according to a Wall Street Journal article, Dr. Caroline Olvera, who studied 3,000 TikTok videos as part of her research, found that 19 of the 28 most followed Tourette influencers on TikTok reported developing new tics as a result of watching other creators' videos. And if TikTok is at all part of your marketing strategy, just do your homework and read this article. Um, I couldn't because I don't subscribe to the Wall Street Journal, but I, I just think it's something that we all need to be aware of because it could cause some backlash or hesitation or hate for the platform depending on where you, you play in the space. So just read it. Check it out. Not a good thing. 
I also don't like the term Tourette influencers. Yeah. That sounds it sounds like yeah. an influence like well, I mean, it is. I get it's what influencing it is. It's apparently it's giving people Tourette's, which Ugh. is not ideal. Anyway, um here's some good news from Gizmodo. Facebook announces its fake ad numbers are going to get even faker. Oh, that's good news. <laughs> that's an actual title. So <laughs> you might recall a few weeks ago, I think it was in the main news too, when we talked about how Facebook changed the way they report on their audiences. We mentioned that little nugget about Facebook and Instagram user accounts. If you connected them in Account Center, you were counted as one person. If you didn't, you were counted as two. At the time, we weren't sure if it was new or not. And according to this piece of news, it was new. That is a new thing. So... This from the Gizmodo article, it says, according to Graham Mudd, Facebook's VP of product marketing, the company would count one user with, say, a separate Facebook and Instagram account as one user if the company believed those accounts were owned by a single person. For example, if they used the same email address or logged into both platforms from the same device. That was before. And now, as I just said, if they don't have them linked, they're officially be count- being counted as two people. And again, when we reported on it initially, we weren't sure if it was new. We kind of just assumed it was always the way. It was not. So your numbers may actually change. Next, from Alessandro Paluzzi at Alex193A on Twitter, he says... Oh, B was taken. Yeah. <laughs> I love going backwards in the alphabet. He says, Instagram is working on longer stories. Eyeball emoji. Videos up to 60 seconds will no longer be broken up into segments. They also say now you can add music and effects to the full video, which is great for grandmas like me because we look really stupid when you post a video and the sticker's only in the first half. Oh, congrats on Jack's child, A. And then B, <laughs> is it all the same though? The, so IGTV is with video now. Yes. Yeah, they just and combined it. Stories yeah. is now longer. 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 Like, They're basically silently admitting what everyone said, that nobody wants stories, nobody asks for them, and nobody uses them. Or not stories, IGTV. IGTV. Sorry. Yeah. And they're getting rid of it. Yeah. But then how, are stories and reels going to be combined? Like, what I, is going on with that? I don't know. What do you even do? Like, what are you doing? Well, you can There's do no reels on Facebook now, right? So they're not even an Instagram thing anymore. This is more confusing than that YouTube music stuff that you were talking about, and it's all garbage. I just want my stickers on Little Jack to apply for all 60 seconds. So and excited. I can't even call Rob Leathern, so, I mean, I'm out. Call him up. <laughs> he didn't get his dishwasher delivered. He's, he's in all sorts of trouble on Twitter. Okay, what's your next story? <laughs> well, it's also from Alessandro, so this is a perfect transition. Oh, okay. wonderful. His Woo-hoo! next story. <laughs> Our favorite topless tester. He's always looking at things that are in testing. <laughs> the topless please, tester. Please, please, please. <laughs> that is the name of a supervillain. More on that later. Okay. All right, well, then let's get back to the boring stuff. Twitter's apparently working on a follow back button. Congrats. all that for that payoff (laughs) go twitter (laughs) it's also not even official they're just working on it okay happy advertising week everyone i forgot to wish that to you until now it's in full swing here at the time of recording but by the time you hear this episode the event will be over but do not worry you can catch up on facebook's digital marketing talks as part of the event with your marketing insights sessions on demand There are talks that'll focus on the here and the now with topics ranging from inspiring innovation, diversity and inclusion, and the creator economy. So we'll have the link in the show notes if you want to watch any of those. Next from the Daily Mail, and this is a quote, TikTok star is shocked to discover Amazon has more than 3,000 recordings of her stored from her Echo speakers, as well as a list of her contacts and her location. 
as well as where she falls on Santa's naughty or nice list. <gasps> I added that last part. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> and from TechCrunch, WhatsApp rolls out collections to make it easier to shop. These are basically catalog collections that will allow small business or small businesses around the world to basically categorize their items. It should just be called categories. It's called collections, whatever. It makes it easier to find things. Good for you. You're in rare form today. Good I'm in a you. great mood. And that's WhatsApp by Bod Book? Well, by I Bod wonder Bod. if maybe Alessandro is on to something. And that's why he took his shirt off because he knows. Early adopter. Mm, just saying. All right, next up, according to TechCrunch, who heard it from Bloomberg, who heard it from a friend, who heard it from a friend, <laughs> who heard it from another, you were messing around. I'm not going to sing. It is the social round. <laughs> Okay. No, just kidding. Uh, PayPal is exploring the purchase of social media company Pinterest. And I'm sure that means something in the stonk market. But what it means to me is hopefully some potentially sick new e-commerce or payment functionality coming to a board near you if the acquisition actually happens. Safe to say we'll let you know if we hear more I about love that. Jane's watermark. She's so official. Also, PinPal. When you pay for something on PinPal, it's the Pinterest oh. payment through PayPal. That's almost as good as Shopify. Thank you. <laughs> Nothing ever will be, though. All right. Last here from Jane Manchin Wong at Wong M. Jane on the Twitter. She says Twitter is working on a proper intro screen for safety mode. And then she has a screenshot of what it looks like. It's like a cool old school 90s graphic with a cone in front of it. And it says limit unwelcome interactions. We flagged nine accounts. This is just an example that might be acting abusive or spammy. And then it says you can preview those flagged accounts before you turn on safety mode. Which, if you don't recall, safety mode is a feature to temporarily block accounts for seven days for using potentially harmful language. Seven days. Seven days. Basically limit those bad interactions, which is good. I think it's nice. If they roll this out, you'll be able to see which account should be blocking before you do it. But the other thing here at the very bottom, after you read the entire message, they say, if you think you're in danger, contact local emergency services, which like, A, yes, you should do that. But you should lead with that. If you actually think you're in danger and the first thing you do is turn on safety mode on Twitter, like you, know, you might as well use Google. should do that too with their yeah. voice assistant. <laughs> <laughs> Call 911 people if you need it. Yeah. That's the lesson of today's show. Please. And that brings us to our real life segment. Straight out of our accounts and into your ear holes. It's time for working hard or hardly working. I was setting up a search campaign in Google Ads this week and I was doing it online because I was training an intern. So I did it. I wasn't copying and pasting an ads editor what like I usually would. I was actually like going through the steps and I haven't in a while. And I had heard this, but I forgot. They literally do not show expanded text ads as an option anymore. Like they're just d gone unless you yeah. add them in Google Ads Editor, um, which we have them for another year. So make them available. I don't like that at all. What about you, Greg? Yeah, something working hard this week. We t I talked about it quick last week, but we had taken on an account where a, a lower cost agency was, was running the account for previous 10 months and the results were so-so. And we came on, and where our fees are higher, um, we that's going to be next week's about fees and agencies. But to try to look at everything, we look not only at pipeline or ad spend, and to see like what sort of deals are coming through for the SaaS company with a very long sales process. Um, but then we just look at kind of total all in over um, 
our pipeline overall in. So you know, our pipeline over ad sales was about 40% higher than the previous agency, just looking at ad spend, even a three-month period versus almost a year. And then looking at the all-in, we were still up 30% over the previous agency. So looking at some of that, um, I think can really help the clarity of it, especially when people are nervous about cost. And I'll get to more about the cost um, not next week. All right. And for me, a fun little feature I discovered in the Google Calendar is meeting notes. When you are setting up the meeting invite, there's a button to create a meeting notes document. Automatically creates a Google Doc with all of the attendees you have listed on the invite. They get access to the doc. And then that way you can just have this rolling document that you can edit until the meeting happens versus just updating the um, actual meeting invite and resending out updates all the time when you have something new to talk about. So thought that was handy and a, a good quick tool. And now for this week's cool tool. As a reminder, our cool tool segment is not an official endorsement or paid mention. We're simply sharing something we found in our travels that may be of use to our listeners. And is really, really cool. This week's cool tool is more of a report resort. You guys oh like that one? My <laughs> report <God>. resort. Because <laughs> relax, enjoy <laughs> reports. <laughs> oh, no, it should have been reportant. It would have been better. It's Pinteresting. <laughs> okay. So. Uh, bleep that, <laughs> And charts. Anyway, this week's cool tool is the best Google Analytics reports for clients from Databox. In their words, from customer acquisition and retention to goal completions and keyword analysis, 50 marketers share their top client report templates from GA. So not only does this, it's an article, it outlines what each report is and when or why you would use it, but then has a template to get your very own version of that data box dashboard with GA data in it for free. So it's a great resource for anyone that needs a quick or easy way to present GA data to their clients, or even if you just want to read through it to get your wheels turning on how to visualize data using your own suite of tools, I think it can be really inspiring for that too. So as always, we'll have the link in our newsletter and on Discord. So pick your poison and check it out. And now it's time for our must-read marketing article of the week. An article so advanced, so in-depth, so detailed, we simply cannot cover it in its entirety on today's show. This week's must-read marketing article of the week comes from Mike Ryan over from the Smarter E-Commerce team. And this was actually on LinkedIn, but he has a post called The ROAS Pathology, How Revenue-Based Optimization is Selling You Short. And Mike talks about the beauty in ROAS, about the simplicity, versatility, and also the danger about how it can bring maybe the wrong outcomes to tactics and the decisions you make, and then the opportunity around ROAS. And this is a huge article, but it's got a lot of memes, and they're really custom-tailored towards the article. So it makes everything very easy to read and break up, and it's a very well-thought-out piece from power listener of the show, Mike Ryan. Don't miss it. Thank you, Mike. All right. That does it for today's show. It is now officially not Marketing O'Clock. Thanks for listening. And we'll see you next week. Thanks for listening to this week's Marketing O'Clock. If you're looking for more information on today's topics, head over to marketingoclock.com slash newsletter to receive every single article we covered. We share the news as it breaks in our Discord community. Head over to community.marketingoclock.com to join. And... We'll see you next week. Welcome to this week's Shooting the Hack. We're after our famous Friday news show. We don't talk about marketing anymore. We just... Shoot the hack. And Greg has brought hard copy notes once again. I'm not going to lose this week. Not to talk about performance advertising. (laughs)
But to talk about supervillains, we're doing a villain draft. I'm so excited. I've waited my whole life for this. Really. Truly. Okay, Greg, you're really talking a big game all day about mm-hmm. how well you're going to do in this draft. So I'm going to give you the opportunity to go first. Okay. <clears throat> I'm very excited. Thank you. And when I was a child, I didn't have many comics, but I had this one comic, Spider-Man 300, and I probably read it 1,000 times, and it was one of my favorite supervillains. But since I'm going first, I'm not going to choose that. I'm going to go with Darth Vader instead. <laughs> come on. As the Wait, number one supervillain. Come villain. on, Greg. You He's acted like you even. had such a creative idea, like you were going to say Scooter <laughs> or something. No, I, I, people that like the old ones obviously love this, Darth Vader. This is the only first pick He's you can He's an make. obvious choice. You acted like you were so creative. People that like okay. Darth Vader, like, like the old ones like Darth Vader, and then the new folks, like the Deep Space Nine folks, love Darth Vader too. <laughs> Deep Space Nine. What are you talking about? Is he mixing up? Is he mixing up Star Trek with Star Wars again? Like he that's, thinks that's yeah. Avery Brooks, Ben, Benjamin Sisko. There's no better villain than Darth Vader. I got him. He looks the coolest. I'm going off. Looks the coolest. First off, my pick is Darth Vader. No villain looks cooler than Darth Vader. Have you seen him that's when he takes true. his helmet off? No, I've never watched those movies. He doesn't look cool. <laughs> He's okay. been through a lot, Chef. That's not very nice. So Darth Vader. Deal with it. <laughs> okay, if that cut sounded weird, Greg had to be bleeped literally four times. <laughs> um, okay, time to get serious, everyone. Oh, boy. Oh God. For the second pick Third in time. the villain draft, Christine Zernheld selects Sharpay Evans from High School Musical 1 through 3. <laughs> She's named after a dog. <laughs> She's like, let's get serious. I thought she was going to say Hitler. Because Sharpay, if you watch the movie the right way, and if you believe in justice, She's not really a villain at all, okay? She has put in work. She's dedicated her life to musical theater. And then Gabrielle and Troy just come in without any rehearsals and they're trying to take over. If you watch the movie the right way, she's the hero. So Char- And she has the best songs. Nobody okay? knows what you're talking Sharpay about. Sharpay is not the villain we asked for, but she's the villain we need. Okay, Caleb, you're next. All right. I mean, Greg stole my first pick, but I'll go with my second pick. The Joker is obviously uh, one of the which Joker? You need to clarify. any Joker, but if any you, Joker? I think you, if you go with Mark Hamill's animated, uh, you know, '90s series one, but you could really go with any Joker. Absolute great villain, uh, funny in every iteration, motivating. You know, just motivating. Not, not motivating. <laughs> that sounds bad. That I saw that movie, The Joker, and that was real funny. That movie messed <laughs> yeah, me up too. Not motivating. <laughs> Wrong word. That movie messed me up. Jess, do you have a better choice here? Yes, tis the season. I want Oogie Boogie from Nightmare Before Christmas because he has a great song. He's a gambler, so he's going to take chances with you. And when you finally do destroy him, there's cute little colored bugs everywhere in a high-pitched voice. Aww. So I feel like you just get the whole package Great. with him. You That's nice. Your head. You picked Darth Vader. <laughs> <laughs> you I'm your head. still shocked. Like, I thought you were going to make some joke, and then you just picked the most obvious <laughs> That joke. was a good joke. I took everybody's pick. Okay. No, I, not even He was on not list. on my get list. Out you of took here. my first pick. Well, I would show you my list, but I don't want you to see. Okay. Jess? The best part about Darth Vader is when he becomes Darth Vader and he screams, I hate you. I hate you. <laughs> yeah, but all the acting up until that moment is absolutely horrid. You will don't rise. Get some taste. Don't disrespect Hayden Christensen. Okay, he was Jess- great in Life as a House. <laughs> he, he was. 
Jess gets another fish. Oh, Serpentine. Okay. Oh, by the way, spoiler alert for oh. all these movies. Well, <laughs> the movie's like 15 years old, but if you haven't seen it. Yeah, I don't think we've, any of us have chosen recent films. Um, I'll, I'll do a recent one. So I don't know. Is anybody here watching The Walking Dead? No. 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 Uh, okay. Well, I want Negan not only because we dress the same. A zombie. No. <laughs> the first zombie. No, Negan. He's like this bad hacking guy, okay. but his backstory, he really loved his wife and he screwed up a lot and he's just out there trying to redeem himself. And even though he was bad to our antagonists, he had reasons for doing what he's doing and he dresses cool. Uh, fine. Nobody's heard of that. Nobody cares. Everyone's heard of it. It's a very popular show. It might be the most in sync with pop culture show. I've ever been. Okay. <laughs> you I, I know it. Kill <laughs> All right. Caleb. All right. Man, I'm rethinking this whole list now because Greg kind of ruined. Really my, gotcha, huh? Yeah, you did. And in your head, you screwed up my hierarchy. But you're getting too good at these shooting the hacks. That's why. All right, all right. But I have to go with um, the next obvious choice, which is um, Mr. Electric from Sharkboy and Lava Girl. If you've watched that movie, you know that there has never been a funnier, more absurd villain than George Lopez's head walking around in a CGI suit. Sharkboy and Lava Girl is a really triggering movie for you. For me, like, honestly, I really? can't believe you just brought it Why up. so? I got in, like, a huge war with my... I, like, quit my family over it. <laughs> <laughs> quit your My family. sister wanted to watch it, and I didn't. It just turned into World War Three. Really I can't even bring myself there. Some lasting issues there. It's Taylor Lautner's worst, most shameful work. Okay, my Wasn't next. He in Twilight. <laughs> Didn't he date Taylor Swift? That was the high point. <laughs> of course he did. Shameful work. My, my next pick in the draft. I cannot believe she's still available. Is the fabulous and incomparable Cruella Deville? Because she's the most high fashion villain out there. She's fabulous, and the new she's movie the is so Vick good. She's the Michael Vick of Disney. That is terrible. You need to see Cruella. She has a very, you need to watch the backstory, okay? There's more than meets the eye. Her high fashion is literally wearing dogs. Not Dead all ones. the time. Her wing, her okay. wig is cool. Oh, okay. What Jeff, is that made of human Jeff. hair? Is this canine material here too? All right, next up, I'm going to choose one that I know is on Jess's list because it's not going to come back to me. So I'm just going to get out of the way now. This is, if there was a fake villain that could be real, will be the scariest villain. And I don't like clowns. And it's not what you think it is, clown-wise. It's Captain Spaulding from that Rob Zombie movie. Because I know it's never coming back to me because you're going to take him. That clown is the creepiest villain I've ever seen. It's way creepier than Pennywise. If you take Pennywise, you already lost. Captain Spaulding. What is the name of that movie? 10,000 Ghosts or something? House of a Thousand Corpses and The Devil's Rejects. And I am so touched that you even know who that oh is. Oh, my God. Oh, he is the creepiest person I'm ever. I'm sweating. Because, He's like, terrible. Darth Vader's not real. And then, like, Captain Spaulding could be real. Like, it could be real. And now, I'm going to take somebody that that actually is, like, just a human, a real human, right? So, I'm kind of trying to get a well-rounded list here. So, I'm going to go with Anton Chigra, I believe is how you say who it. Who are any of these people? No Country for Old Men. That oh, man. that's a good one. That man. That's a phenomenal. Flips oh, that choice. quarter around. That's a good one. That's and he's so got good. that cow pro- that cow yep. killer. See the one with that the braids? Five minutes is the most if I were I, just a normal guy, the most horrific. Person. So stressful. Oh my god. So stressful. All right. 
Okay, I've never seen Greg, it. Greg, you win the day. I'm sorry. We don't that, even that have to finish. Really... Jess, come on. Right, I know. Too, but... oh. He doesn't win the day after my next pick. <laughs> <laughs> Which is... Um, I'm going to go with The Wicked Witch of the West. Oh, yeah. You just <laughs> crush me. <laughs> um, because she's just like the classic villain. And I feel like I kind of look like her if I was green. <laughs> Chef, what a take. <laughs> I really associate with her. And she's another one where, you know, if you've seen Wicked and you know the backstory, there's more than meets the eye, okay? I'm picking Elphaba. Okay. Caleb? So I get two, right? It's my last go round. Nope, you get no. one, and then oh, okay. it's Serpentine to Jess. Yeah, yeah, I don't understand how this works ever. <laughs> but <laughs> for my third one, I have to go with uh, Hannibal Lecter. Um, oh, I, really I saw that when him. I was a kid. It traumatized me to this day. Like the weird blinking thing. He's Whenever scary. I see it, I'm like, ugh. And it's like, you can't name a more terrifying villain. Like, talk I about mean, Darth Vader. Anton. Anton. But they're the category of things that are like people who could like really exist. You know, yeah, yeah. You know what I that's mean? Because that's why it gets you. I'm with you. Yeah. Kravis. <laughs> I hate that guy so much. Okay, Jess. Um, so you I have too. somebody else from House of a Thousand Corpses and Devil Rejects on my list because we need a woman. I want baby Firefly. I don't know any of these Played villains. Played by Rob Zombie's wife, Sherry Moon Zombie. Oh, Robert. <laughs> you know, from the Numbies meme? Yes. His wife. How she's like I a forget? psycho crazy, but like you think she's sweet. Mitchell kill you. She hangs out with Captain Spaulding. It's basically Captain Spaulding. Captain Spaulding is way creepier. He I... is, but you took him, so. Mm-hmm. Caleb, it's your last pick. Okay. Um, I have to go with the stepmother from Cinderella. Like Lady mm-hmm. Tremaine? Yes, Lady Tremaine. Just an absolute despicable person. And every time you watch it, you're just infuriated. You actually start sweating. Your blood boils. Uh, your eyes go red. So, yeah. Like, wow. who else can provoke that type of reaction? I would have never pegged you for a Lady Tremaine hater. Hey, my sister loves the movie, so I've seen it a lot. Um, Was I supposed to get another one? Oh. Yeah, you were. Oh. Shoot. But you weren't going to pick that anyway. No, I <laughs> no, wasn't. <she> wasn't. <laughs> I want Mayhem from the Allstate commercials. Ooh, what? good pick. That That's a, good a great one. That's a great pick. Holy smokes. Thank you. See, you came to play. That I did. Except for those other movies I've never seen. Okay, <laughs> I'm see doing them. a great job managing this. So Caleb already went. Now it's my turn. And I will be going with White Goodman from Dodgeball. <laughs> 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 because nobody makes me bleed my own blood. Very good. Okay. All right. And lastly, I'm going to go with Martin Shkreli from the real world. <laughs> the guy that bought the cancer yeah, medication patents and then moved it up thousands of uh, percentage yeah. points. From the real world. From the real world. I thought you meant the show. No. I know. I know. <laughs> yeah. It's like, it was Miami? Yeah. <laughs> no. no, Martin Shkreli. Yeah, that's a real villain. Yeah, he stinks. Nasty guy. <laughs> I picked villains I'd want to hang out with, kind of. I you, picked Jeff. You want to hang out with the Wicked, West, <laughs> Wicked Witch right. of the West? Do we have any honorable mentions? Um, Voldemort, <laughs> <laughs> the Mummy. All right, I've got a huge list here. You want to hear some of these? Yeah. yeah. I was gonna pick Venom. That's actually my favorite villain. But Martin Scarlet is. I just had to have a real person on the team that everybody hates. Um, I've also got Doctor Doom. Doctor Doom is an excellent villain. Mister Glass. Uh, ben, I had Mister Glass too. Nice. Ben Simmons. Shredder. <laughs> Julie's clapping it up right now. Yeah. Mark Zuckerberg. Uh, Captain Lee Chuck from Monkey Island game. I love that. The T-1000. Oh, yeah. And 100%. then uh, Neil Patel for the marketing Oh, my one. God. <laughs> so. Okay. 
<laughs> well, we're going to get canceled and we'll see you next week. <laughs>